Okay, here we go. Hey guys, welcome to episode 136 of CMD Towers Bruise and Builds. Ugh. I'm Mr. Comet number five, and my fellow host has, I am sure, at some point, gush over some aspect of the Batman, uh, Big Tuck. Oh, that's the second after I left the theater. Uh, hey, cats and kittens, and also, first one of the day, here we go. Uh, so speaking of that card, I there's a story I'll tell you. It's tied to a story that is not appropriate to be told on uh, any story. Oh, God, of... I know what story you're talking about. Are we talking about the same thing? Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. a, little bat, a little frat party uh, situation. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, so come to think of it, it's actually about two different stories. Uh, maybe more that I don't remember because it could be it could have been every rugby uh every rugby first uh rookie party of the year okay uh, but anyways i like that's for that's for neither here or there i'm pretty out of it um i have been on a flight all day and just got back in town about an hour ago and i will say this uh even with about six trulies in an hour weezer <laughs> definitely lost it they have they are not they have lost they are, i don't know if they ever had it i've never seen them live <laughs> But, like, outside of the four good songs that I like that they kind of brought the house down in, like, at one point, Rivers Cuomo literally went and laid down. Like, during, <laughs> He's during, their, during their, uh, their Africa cover, he, like, laid down and was, like, kicking one leg into the air. It oh was my insane. God. So, anyways, I'm, I'm doing, I'm struggling through that, but uh, I, I apologize to everyone on the Discord for not being uh, super talkative this week as I was learning all about the wonders of Salesforce. So, Mr. Combo, how are you? Oh, I'm all right. Um, it's the last week of our fiscal quarter, so it's just insanity time. from yeah. a work perspective. But hey, I learned the collective doesn't give a shit about what my business world is like. <laughs> the feedback from Bruise and Builds, the QBR episode. So we're not going to talk about business talk today. Nice. We're going to get real talk with Mr. Combo. Here we um, are. I think we're all here for it. Yeah. Uh, so I just want to talk about how the cost of everything sucks, and uh, I hate like how everything the world is. Yeah, it cost me one hundred and thirty dollars today to get my oil change. What? I thought you were gonna say, what's it cost you to fill that beast that beast truck up? Oh yeah, dude, my bucks? Raptors, buck forty. Do you have to put premium into it? No, I mean you can, but yeah. I think they say put premium in it when you're gonna go. Uh, uh, is it duning? Sand duning? Yeah, I think so. Oh, okay. Or our 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 guest is nodding enthusiastically because both both combo and I are not car people. Uh, but uh, this isn't so much about me, but more we have our very first patron on Bruise and Builds. Uh, one of our original patrons uh, for the entire channel. We have Spencer Rabbits. So Spencer, what's up, the man? Rabbits? How's it going? I'm doing all right. Um, I just got back from my nutritionist. Uh, about good half hour ago and so i've been going to a nutritionist for the past like since you know january gotta lose some weight okay. gotta lose some weight yeah. uh boy you tell me that i gotta me, me and tuck have a wedding tux that we gotta get trimmed down for uh, hey i just, <laughs> hey i'm in the same suck it, we're all wearing girdles i'm in the same boat you guys <laughs> uh my me and the fiance getting married next year so uh, oh, congratulations Thanks, and so uh, it's going all right. Um, but all did I see nice. now? You you'd made mention about your drinking preferences on the sh on the show, and 
what was in your hand briefly did not look like it had a PhD. Um, so I, I had talked to Tuck earlier, and I was going to say how um, – talk about Dr. Pepper and just go off about like, oh, the 23 <laughs> bold flavors of this you know, fantastic right. beer and all this kind of stuff. List some, list, list some of them off. I was just, just kind of like, you know what? No, I'm going to grab this uh, bright cider, hard apple cider. Uh, yeah, beer. there we go. Uh, That's my kind of drink. Uh, Come on, Mister Mister Combo, you gotta get in on this with us. We know you got something in that fridge. You got those <laughs> Ugh, summer all all expired. I think you got, you got those you got those Samuel Adams summer <laughs> ales from two Fourth of Julys ago. Yes, uh, but the fun thing is actually I do have a bottle of some cool mead that I'm going to oh. be uh, drinking out of my horn on our Monday stream, which would have actually been uh, earlier this week from nice. the time you hear this. Nice. So The exciting. But yeah, no, it's, it's nice. a hard apple cider, six point uh, from your, uh, I don't know where it's come from, but it's from Two Town Cider House. All right. All right. I, I'm I'm drinking a uh, New Belgium Voodoo Ranger Juice Force IPA, like a little must be a, with the what's that movie coming out? Top Gun. Maybe it's a oh, time yeah. for that, but it's 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 all right. I, I don't know. I mean, I feel like if a beer has more than two words in its title, it's probably you That's know too just much. Fine. It's just but, fine. Uh, and also, quick shout out to a uh, hopeful future sponsor, Pakari Sweat, which is a Japanese. Uh, I've had it. You have. Yeah, where in Here? Japan, in the states? Oh, right. Of course, we used to, this, It's delicious. It's this, so good. You can get this on Amazon now, shipped to your doorstep. Yeah, and I cannot tell you how many hangovers this thing saved me uh, <laughs> when I was living in China. We used to drink this. <laughs> we used to drink this by the gallon. Oh yeah, Picari Sweat. Uh, me and Jared, uh, another one of the the groomsmen in our party, drank the hell out of that, and then that little like espresso can that you. Oh had. yeah, yeah. Hey, well, guys, uh, obviously, we talked about we got a patron here, and you're wondering how you could be on. Uh, well, if you join our patron community at patreon.com slash CMD Tower, uh, we have five different or four different tiers. Um, if you join our top tier, uh, you have a chance every three months to be on Brews and Builds. Also, you're going to have chances to be on our Twitch stream. You're also going to have chances to be a part of the collective diagnosis, get a bunch of merch. But if you can't do our top tier, even just a dollar a month gets you in for a lot of the other soft value stuff like the collective diagnosis, like the Discord server. And big shout out to our new mods or Azorius commanders Whoa. in our Discord uh, with good old SD Sharpie and Marketing Ross. Thank you guys so much. Uh, they've been putting together the Sweaty, Slimy, Greasy channel uh, where they actually pick a random card off of Scryfell and have the collective talk about whether it's greasy, slimy, or sweaty. Uh, so, of course, we have to ask, Spencer, 10 seconds or less, what's today's sweaty, slimy, or greasy? Uh, today, in all honesty, uh, I feel... That the card mud hole, sweaty, sweaty as hell. Um, yeah, sweaty, sweaty. It's sweaty. Um, yeah, yeah. I think. Oh, hey. Uh, and I was just gonna say, uh, uh, Spencer Rabbits, aka Ginger Beard Man. Even he said, I was gonna say this is probably only good for like War Lord Windgrace decks. And literally, the first comment is, "This is only good against cards like Woodrotho or Windgrace." Yes, yes. It's okay. So it. If, if 
anybody in the collective or anybody who's not part of the collective doesn't know, Mudhole is two and a red instant. Target player exiles all land cards from their graveyard. All right? Oh, that would suck. And so when I... Where is... What did this get printed in? Uh, I... Not 100% sure. But let's be honest. It's only good for cards like decks for like Wind Grace. You're playing cards from your graveyard. Land cards from your graveyard. Sure. Get Rog. Get, get Good Toad. And maybe Muldrotha. <laughs> because you may play a land and cast a spell from each of each permanent uh, type from your graveyard. So, in my opinion, sweaty because you only need it in certain decks. So and there that, you go, guys. That that art is from a secret lair drop. This was in. It's nine dollars. What are you gonna do? Well, another amazing benefit of our patron community, guys, is we do have a referral program. So if Spencer Rabbits met someone at his local LGS and they wanted to join the collective, as long as they let us know that Spencer recommended them, depending on the tier, we're gonna send him some free swag just to say thank you for growing our community. Now, we do have a store where we have a lot of our exclusive merch for sale, cmdtower.com slash merch. Uh, you know, that's where you're going to be able to find our foil play mats. You're going to be able to find our Jund sweaters. Uh, you're going to be able to find our sleeves. Um, you know, really, we have a goal to offload a lot of this merch uh, here in the next four or five months. That way we can, A, free up room in, a.k.a. the tower or my basement. Or, uh, the, also, or the redacted bit. Or the redacted bit. Uh, or, you know, just be able to, you know, help grow the channel, bring on new staff, invest in new equipment, um, invest in the talent that we've been bringing in, um, and just, you know, make the experience a better one for you. Now, the last thing that we want to talk about is abyssproxyshop.com, code CMD Tower. Get you 10% off your order. This guy and this company, they make the best playtest cards I've had out there. Um, they're very competitively priced, anywhere from like 3 to $5.00. Um, and then you get your 10%. They do tons of combo discounts. If you spend over 100 before your discounts, they give you a free uh, set of Aber dual playtest cards and still get your 10% off. So really, they're great. And every order you guys do with that code does directly help our channel. So and abyssproxyshop.com. And Spencer, you have used the, you have gotten from, you've gotten some proxies from these guys as well, correct? Correct. I have. I have gotten and and they what's are, the... I can hundred percent tell everyone who is listening to go to Abyss Proxy Shop and get some cards if you don't want to spend yeah. seven hundred and X dollars to buy <laughs> a stupid dual land. <laughs> or Excellent. heck, even four or five I, I actually I don't know how much it is now, but Wheel of Fortune, isn't that like Oh, it's hundreds, uh, isn't it? Yeah, I think it might be over five hundred now. Hi. All right, let's find. It. Let's let's. Uh, well, yeah, getting there. It's up there. Woof. Well, guys, of course, the free way to promote and encourage our channel is to share the content you're listening or potentially watching, because every little bit of interaction from you really does help. So Bruise of Bells is our deck tech series. Since we conquered our path to 32, the 12 themes of EDH decks, we have moved on to a traditional day one Bruise and Builds theme. 
So today we're going to describe the decks similar to how beer is brewed. So we broke it down to four different categories. The first one's ramp instead of your board state. We call that grains. And my sink got fixed. So I think we're bringing Big Tuck Brewing back, baby. So grains are the foundation of every brewer. They grow. They include both base malts and specialty malts. Usually in a 60 to 40 ratio, this helps with the color, the taste, and most importantly, the alcohol, alcohol content of the beer. Decks always need ways to grow, stabilize, and ramp into bigger threats. And just like a grain profile, they're usually a mix of staples and specialty cards. And then it's how does your board really interact with your opponents? Hands, board states, graveyards. We call that hops. And hops give the beer its patented bitterness and herbal floral flavors. They grow in a variety of strands and help distinguish subcategories like this uh, Imperial IPA here. Our hop choices help clear and interact with the board so your deck can do what it wants. And then one of my favorite areas, how does the deck close out, do its theme, or even win the game? We call that yeast. And yeast are living microorganisms that eat the sugar from the grain and poop out alcohol and CO2. I actually got someone, I was talking to someone about beer brewing, and they're like, yeah, the yeast, it poops out the alcohol. <laughs> I was like, you sound like a soon, you sound like a soon brews and builds listener. That's alcohol content in the carbonation. Without yeast, you'd be drinking flat sugar water. Without yeast cards, your deck would meet the goal of winning the game. Except they would actually tune in and listen and then turn it off after 10 minutes. I'm like, the fuck is this? It's yeah, no they, they've, they've, mentioned, they've mentioned one beer <laughs> this entire time. <laughs> And then finally, we do have shenanigans. These can be pet card synergies. I'm disappointed that it's not in the deck, Spencer. Very disappointed. Mm. Uh, these are things we call spice. And not every beer has them, but spices and other additives help separate a normal stock beer from a specialty one. It could be the pepper that turns the stout into jalapenos out, or the addition of some sort of juice, juice that turns this to a hazy imperial IPA from just a normal one. Not every deck has something that makes it pop, but if it does, this is where we talk about it. And then finally, you're going to have a bottle capping. And this is going to be Spencer Rabbit's Big Tucks and Eyes cuts and adds to the deck. They're going to be under 5 bucks, under $50, and a no-budget, hopefully non-gold-bordered option. Uh, we just can't talk Damn. about mana-only lands. So without further ado, let's get brewing. Today, Spencer wanted to talk to us about Philbel Fip drawing the death. Uh, so Big Tuck, why don't you read Philbel Fip's <laughs> card? And then, Spencer, I want you to give us insight and inspiration into why you built the deck, what you're looking the deck to accomplish, and maybe some of the hiccups that you've uh, come across. And then, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll just kind of dive into some of the deck stats. But, Tuck, why don't you read off this bad boy? Sure. So, Fool of the Lost is a colorless and a blue for 1-1 one, one legendary creature, Homunculi. Uh, I think it was printed more in the Spark as a rare. And then Correct. when it enters the battlefield, you draw a card. If it entered from your library or was cast from your library, draw two cards instead. When Fillable Thip causes the target of a spell, shuffle it into its owner's library. And you can currently get the Future Sight Old Fashioned Bordered for 26 cents on TCG Player. All right. So, um, I built this deck. Um, I needed a mono blue deck. And... I'm trying to get to the path of 32. Don't, don't we all? And I was just like, you know what? I haven't built a good mono blue deck. I want to see what my options are. So I was looking, looking, and I saw... Um, at first, I saw Suquan, Lord of Wu. And he's um, creatures... Is that the horsemanship one? He's the creatures you control have horsemanship. And so right. I was like, okay, I could do this. And then I started thinking, I was like, no, I don't really want to do horsemanship. I don't want to get hated off the table. And then I continued, I was like, okay, I could do Arcanus, the Omnipotent, one, uh, uh, one and three, uh, no, yeah, one and three, tap. Um, he's the commander where tap, 
draw three cards. I was like, well, what if I combined the draw aspect and, you know, combat aspect of it all? And so I kept looking, kept looking, and I saw Fibbletip. I was like, no one's going to expect this. So I started building Fibbletip. And okay. um, going through, going through, and I was like, okay, I need a break. I went on the stupid uh, clock app and scrolling through some videos, and I saw a combo with Fibbletip. And I was like, all right, I've got to include this into the deck. So I built Fibbletip, uh, Voltron draw and fibble dip plus flip the flip jace which is uh where he starts out as a creature and then if you have six or more cards in your graveyard flip them into the sure. planeswalker version are the only creatures in the deck yep wow so, i did not even notice that <laughs> yeah i did notice it because i noticed your combo um and i was trying to find ways to abuse it I was unsuccessful. Uh, so <laughs> I, I'll definitely say this. It's, I think it's very appropriate that you brought this to Bruising Builds. Yes. Because obviously, Big Tuck is the living in the red zone. And I am clearly the more combo-y, trying to do stuff without attacking player. Uh, so you're going to get best of both worlds. Uh, that's first off. Second off, uh, I love that they reprinted Fibblefip like a year later into Time Spiral Remastered just to give it the retro fame because we've all wanted Fibblethip as a card forever. So I like the fan service there. And lastly, it's weird. I actually think this deck looks like a lot of fun and I'm not even Seriously? saying that because you're a patron. Yeah, I would pilot the hell out of this. I, you guys are maniacs. I can... The both, the both of you. I can tell you this. I have played this a certain amount of times. I got this deck together um i built it like you messaged me and you're like hey you're gonna be the first patron on bruising builds get a uh we need a deck together and the very same day that you were telling me that you told me hey you're gonna be on bruising builds i had built fibble fit i had gotten wow. all the cards ah, together nice that's nice well tuck what do you think i mean it's got a, it's it's pretty much pretty heavy on a combo, which I am not a huge fan of. I do I think Fibblethip is one of these bizarre commanders that like everyone has this bizarro soft spot for because he was like referenced in Oracle yeah. text, and it's like I, I don't know. I people are like oh Fibblethip got pr printed, like everyone rejoiced, and I just read it, it's like okay, like I don't get it. So I I appreciate the uh, I appreciate the sentiment of the deck and i like that you you it works right and i think it's kind of the same thing that we we're when we talked about rocketing moss's deck last week like he chose something and it works right like yeah it's, it's it seems like everything is like driving towards the end of it um this deck is way too much i am not particularly interested in piling it because you have to think way too much we all know that's not my strong suit when it comes to the game i should just be turning my creatures sideways uh, but I, I think it's I think it is a fun deck. I think you have some some really interesting cards in here. Um, I I think that there's I I appreciate the fact that you went in with the Voltron package that you did as well, so that you don't have to completely rely on uh, the combo that you built in. So I, I think it's a very interesting, well constructed deck. 
from a deck stats perspective, we got a 278 CMC. Um, the uh, deck, I think your mana is perfect. Yeah. I don't think we uh, have any color distribution issues. I do have a question. Yeah. I do have a question on that, though. Is it did, so you have 35 islands in here, which is a lot. And I know you need your blue pips, but I feel like there are some other potential blue pip utility lands that you might have also been interested in running is this did you just not have them or did you just want to be like i'm just doing islands and really like, tower that's it um when i built the deck uh i was i really liked the uh, kamigawa kamigawa neon dynasty lands and i was just like i'm gonna get those oh i'm gonna see how the deck runs and then uh if i need to get uh other utility lands to help with the deck i'll see what i need to get later after i Build the deck after I play it a few times and see what else I need for lands. Sure. From a money perspective, the deck's actually not as expensive as I thought it would be. Right. Uh, you can get it between like five and six hundred bucks, which I mean for a mono blue deck with a lot of mono blue staples and a bunch of other staple expensive cards. I was surprised that it was that that low. Okay. A, yeah, me too. A couple of the cards that I was like put into the deck, and we can talk about this later. Did not have uh, tapped out. Did not have the version of the card that I wanted in, oh. in the database. Oh, like one of the cards that I'll be talking about later does not ha- does not have it in the um it have it in their system, and so interesting. So maybe Moxfield, maybe Mo- is Moxfield the future? Oh, are, we, are, we, are, we, are we are we finally committing to this? You be quiet right now, and we're <laughs> gonna dive into the deck tech. Uh, Spencer, it's your deck. We want you to start. Give us your very first grain card. All right, my very first grain card. It's an enchantment that loves not being attacked. It's propaganda. The oh. All Star, yes, propaganda. Two in the blue. Um, Creatures cannot attack you unless their controller pays two mana for each creature attacking. Do you want... Uh, we're not doing the wheel, right? There's no way. No, we are not doing the wheel. Okay. Absolutely not. Uh, I do love how it's Karn in a little jail cell, though. Yeah. He look, that's awesome. Yes. He looks V-sad. So how many games do you think that you've played where propaganda has kept you in the game? Uh, I have played seven games with this deck. And out of those seven, four have propaganda has kept me alive. Wow. It's it's incredible. Like, I talk to people and they're like, this card isn't good. And I'm like, you should put it in every blue deck, yes. right? Yes. Uh, I honestly believe that if you're playing blue, especially mono blue, you should put propaganda into the deck. But I think that brings up another question. Do you do the same thing for Ghostly Prison? Like, if you have white, are you just putting it in the deck just to have it? Because they're the same card, just I think different so. colors. I, I, I believe so, I yes. I think I do have it in every deck. I, I believe so, yes. I, I feel like every color should have a version of propaganda that they that respectful to their colors. Because it's it's a great deterrent to be like, all right, um, you want to attack me? You, you got to pay two for that creature. And then with multiple uh, decks, like token decks, uh, Voltron decks, uh, Planeswalker decks, it really gets people thinking, okay, this person's got this board that I can swing open. This person's got this that should be taken care of. 
these are the cards in my hand. These are the creatures on the field. This is what should be happening, and this is how I should play it. Sure. So. Sure. Okay. Believe it. Well, my first one, it's a equipment that everyone forgets is legendary, but I truly believe in non-green, even multicolor decks. You should probably have this in there up until you hit probably three colors. Three colors is probably where you can kind of make the choice. But Sword of the Animus That's my second oh, is great. Oh. Oh, hey, there we go. Hey. <laughs> Matt, wait, hit the, do we have an explosion? No, of course not. So, um, Sword of the Animus, two colorless legendary wait, artifact yeah. equipment. I have no, no idea what you're doing. Where's the explosion? <laughs> there is no explosion. You don't have the explosion queued? No. What about like not the golf there. clap? No. I got basics. I just okay. had to reset my computer to Windows 10. Oh, yeah. Fair enough. Fair point. Fair point. <laughs> Sword of the Animus. Two colorless legendary artifact equipment. It's a rare. It costs two to equip, and it's like almost $10. Absurd. Yeah. Uh, equip creature gets plus one, plus one. But the more important text, Spencer, why don't you read that? Because that's why I think this card's amazing for this deck. Whenever equipped creature attacks, you may search your library for a basic land card, put it into the onto the battlefield taps, then shuffle your library. So it's amazing. The thing that I, yeah, I love this card in this deck because you, it's not like you're trying to do a combo deck and you just put it in for some ramp. Like you have said it, I'm a Voltron deck and also trying to do like a combo rigmarole if I can, but you're always going to be in the red zone with Fibblethip. So sort of the animist should be incredibly easy to get attached early game and start swinging in and start getting the islands out and onto the battlefield. I would say if you can get, you know, do a little rampy ramp and say you're able to swing with Fibblethip equipped with Sword of the Animist on turn two, um, then I don't see why you shouldn't be able to get three, four swings in before anyone has a chance to really block and kill him. That's exactly what I was thinking when I, like, one of the reasons why I put it in the deck. Uh, one, all right, I can attack. People will be like, "Oh, it's just a two-two. and mainly for the uh, hey, I just a to... it's just a taste for God's sakes, and, right? And for the attack trigger, it's always like, "Oh, I'm gonna attack. I'm gonna go get a basic land because I attacked." And I really liked the keywording on it because it doesn't say Gale's combat damage. It specifically yep. says yeah. attack. So, in my opinion, putting it in one. Uh, one, two, and even three-color decks, some three-color decks, mind you, uh, can be really good and really great for ramp. Sure. Yeah, agreed. All right, Tuck, what's yours? All right. I feel like this card is really more of a hop card because instead of it being a warm thing to eat, it could be a warm thing that you cool and then add yeastu to make beer. So instead of hot soup, it could be hot wart. This card's incredible. I'm so glad you have it in here. I do think this is more of a hop card, but one colorless for an artifact equipment. Equipped creature can't be blocked. Uh, whenever equipped creature is dealt damage, destroy it. And then three colorless to equip it. And this foil is 29 cents. How is this a hops? Because it's it's interacting with the board, it's making them unblockable. If hot, if aqueous form is a hop, this is also a hop. I, I mean, I can't defend you there, Spencer. I tried. Yeah. <laughs> you know, 
when I, what's your what's your what we have the man who we have the ma- the mad scientist that put this into grains <laughs> where, where you, you beat me halfway here spence what's going right, on so the reason why i put it in hops instead of uh wrong the reason why i put it in grains instead of hops like aquarius form is because aquarius form is a single blue you single blue to just attach it sure for hot soup yeah it's a one and then you have to pay three extra mana to mm. equip it so for me it's just kind of like all right yeah it could go, could belong in hops but you have to also have three additional mana right to equip it so i believe that hops uh, no grains is the perfect way a this card should go because it's great mm. it helps him uh get through but you also have to pay three extra mana yeah to equip it. you got you gotta pay the iron price, and of course, it does have some great flavor text of "coming through." Coming through. Oh my goodness, I'm a big, big fan of it. So I'm, I'm glad that I'm glad that you are also a maniac that puts this in here as well. Well, my last grain card I thought's hilarious because usually people don't want to do a generic world effect where all spells cost less. <laughs> Uh, so three, Whoa. two, Whoa. one. Hell, Hell, Hell yeah! <laughs> artifact visions. Uh, is this on? Uh, I think this is on reserve list, but it's pretty straightforward. All spells cost one generic mana less to play. It's incredible. <laughs> yeah, I see. So the reason I picked this is I figured, what's more dangerous? Giving three people with who knows what color combinations they are. Their spells cost one less, or giving the mono blue player to have all their spells cost one less. I think that sounds way more powerful and worse for everyone at the table. Absolutely, like all, almost all the cards I'm talking about are going to be feeding right into this thing. This is going to let you control the game. It turns your commander into a one drop, which is important if you want to keep casting them. Right? Um, it turns on a lot of your planeswalkers and makes some of the ones that maybe are a little overcosted much more reasonable. I think that you're, I agree with Mr. Combo 100% that you're going to get so much value out of this the turn it comes down and the turn after that even in late game, this is going to help facilitate you, right? Early game, it's like a ramp card. Late game, it's just going to help facilitate you get closer to those win cons that we're looking for. Exactly. I love this card. Um, I first got introduced to the card back in when I lived out in Michigan, and I've been in love with the card ever since. Um, Awesome. And... It's only it's not a, it's not a piece of magic history, unfortunately, but it is four dollars, and I can see that it's been printed in Vision and Mystery Booster. So if you're interested in one, I'd grab it now because we all know that this is going to be a fifteen dollar card in a month. So I'm uh, calling okay. it now. Well, guys, that's going to wrap up the green section. Now we're going to head over to the hot profile, and I'll kick this one off um, with a card. So there's a little bit of a sub theme or sub sub theme in this deck. Um, of a particular planeswalker that's been printed into the ground. And he has an erasure that he'd like to throw out to the table. So I think Jace's erasure seems real good in the hop section when you're trying to draw cards. (laughs) It is is interesting. Uh, Colorless blue enchantment for 23 cents. Whenever you draw a card, you may have target player put the top card of his or her library into his or her graveyard. Um... I like this because it's a low-cost enchantment. It is targeted, which usually for mill you don't want. But I think this could be used in a way, in conjunction with other cards that may make people mill, uh, to where you could start to target, okay, 
everyone's even, so I'm just, you know, random roll to see who mills a card. But then eventually turn six, seven, eight, nine. Okay, Big Tuck still has 60% of his deck left. Mr. Combo has 80%. Whoa, Murphus has only like 30 cards left. Let me start Jace's right. erasuring him because they'll deck themselves quicker than the others. I do kind of like that flexibility. Yeah, and again, for the two drop, it's going to be around. It's kind of like the redacted of the brood in the deck a little bit, right? Oh, except the redacted brood is way better. Way <laughs> better. The, there's like five permanents in this deck. Way better. <laughs> well, Spencer, what do you think about Jace's erasure? Like, was that kind of why you put it in the deck? or um, I put it in the deck because it's just kind of like we're trying to draw cards. We're trying to get stuff in. And so why not interact with my opponent's uh, libraries by making a mill? All right. Fair enough. Dig it. Well, Tuck, give us your first hoppy card. Okay. So this is a new one that's right out of, it's fresh off of a recent-ish set. And I'm interested because you played this before. I th This is a board wipe that I think has a lot of potential. And I don't know if people are playing it enough. And it costs two colorless, two blue. We are talking about consuming tide. So hmm. two colorless, two blue for sorcery. It's 30 cents. Each player chooses a non-land permanent they control. Return all non-land permanents not chosen this way to their owner hands. Then you may draw a card for each opponent who has more cards in their hand than you. So I like this as like a very low to the ground way to stop like token decks. The only downside is you are playing a lot of, you are playing a surprisingly amount of uh, permanents um, that aren't creatures. So I think that this card will, this is a card that in this deck, the way I look at it is this is like a save the game, right? You get to your turn, your opponents have piles of creatures. It's much easier for you to rebuild and keep your strategy going than them trying to rebuild and get back into the red zone. So have you got, I know you said you played this deck seven times or something. Have you gotten to, have you gotten to pop this one off and has it done work for you? Um, I have played the, uh, played this card once and it has popped off really well. It's yes. That was it. Cre did you just take out a bunch of creatures? Was it like a board wipe for creatures? It was a board wipe for creatures. It was great. Um, opponent was playing shrines and he had like, Oh, yuck. He had like. 30 or 40 shrines out and I was just like, all right, listen, I'm going to consume tide and I'm going to draw some cards. Love it. Nice. Lo love, to, love to see it. Well, Spence, why don't you give us your first hop card? All right. So we know this deck loves li living in the red zone. And if you think about living in the red zone, that's kind of like a war and uh, we're drawing cards. We're helping oh. our card uh, opponents draw cards. That's kind of like peaceful, helpful, so we're talking about <laughs> my good card, Sword of Worn Peace. What a beating. Um, the Double Masters box topper version is about $15. And it is uh, three mana artifact equipment. Equipped creature gets plus two, plus two, and has protection from red and from white. Whenever equipped, cre crit eh, equipped creature deals combat damage to a player, Sword of Worn Peace deals damage to that player equal to the number of cards in their hand, and you gain one life for each card in your hand. It's a great card. You're dealing damage to your opponent if it goes through, uh, and then dealing X damage to them again for each card in their hand. 
which is exactly what we want to do. Now, Mr. Combo, I know you are you're a, a one of the great minds in the field of ranking the swords of X's and Y's, right? Sure. I think you like them quite a bit. How do you how does this rank in comparison for you just in general versus like specific decks? So generic, it's not very good. It's very it's okay. at the bottom of the list for me. Sure. Um, because it's too dependent on my opponent's hands mm-hmm. and you know, my hand, it's because I feel like you play this more for the life dealt than the life gained. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for um, sure. So that's where I would put it. Now, I will say it has the best protection of all of them, arguably, except for the Orzov one, because white, right. all the removal, red, chaos warp, and damage effects. So I sure. do think protection wise, it's one of the upper ones. Now, that being said, this deck. It claps because <laughs> yeah, he's bonkers. drawn all the cards. Like I'd be fearful. Thank God this episode comes out a week later. Could you imagine this in Rocketing Mosses? Like oh god, on deck. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> uh, let me gain thirty nine life. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. No questions asked. Oh my god. I've had this card out with someone who's had forty cards in their deck. He's playing red and white. Only cards in the, only colors he was playing. I was like, hey, I'm gonna attack you with triple flip. It's like okay. Uh, I can't block. I'm gonna lose like five life. I was like, <laughs> GG's. I was like, yeah, all right. over and over and over like, again. Cool, GG. He was like, what do you mean? He was like, <laughs> oh, that's how good. many cards? Cool. It's great. I love this card. It's this deck, amazing. Yeah, awesome. Well, Big Tech, why don't you give us your final hop card? Okay. You did break the mold here with this Planeswalker, and it's a new one that. As a Dungeons and Dragons player, I was kind of underwhelmed by because he has such a big name in that game. But you always have to bend the rules for for the magic side of things. But I think more than Canine, more than Canine, more than Canine, more than Canine is a very interesting inclusion in here. So four colorless, double blue for a legendary planeswalker, Mordorakine. Uh, a lot of those running around, obviously. Buck 67 comes in with five loyalty and it's a mythic. So number one, plus two, draw two cards and put a card from your hand on the bottom of your library. Minus two, create a blue dog illusion creature token with this creature's power and toughness are each equal to twice the number of cards in your hand, which is insane. And then minus 10, exchange your hand and library, then shuffle. You get an emblem with you have no maximum hand size. Completely bonkers. I like so I think this card is kind of sneaky good. Um, obviously the draw two is good. The blue dog illusion creature token. I think it's interesting that they don't give it the illusion thing where if it becomes the target of a spell or ability, it dies. Yeah. So this thing's gonna be like what a 2020, a 3030, like who knows, right? Like it scales so quickly, and you still have all this equipment that you could slap on that and start punching. You could do that twice when you first cast them, and then obviously the minus 10 is like. What's that card where there's Enter the Infinite or something uh, that costs like 11? Oh, yeah. You're effectively getting that as the Infinite there. So it's a little it's a little on the slimy side of things, right? Because there's probably cheaper or more, co- more better-costed Planeswalkers, but I think this guy's really cool in the deck. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to agree to that. It's definitely a slimy card. So. Uh, We're talking we'll about this talking later. We'll talk about it later. But, Fair enough. Uh, I'm not. I'm, so, I, as I 
like to give you, the community, what you want. I'm not going to be like Big Tuck and say I'm going to cut it later and then cut it there. I'll at least say something nice about the card. I'm not just going to shit all over it. A compliment sandwich, right? There we go. Uh, So here's the thing. I actually... I like all the effects on Mordecai. I think it fits this deck great. The minus two with double the power and, yeah, or double the twice. That's insane. insane. But it's six mana to get yeah. this guy out. Um, that's why for me, mm, the juice isn't worth the squeeze. Sure. I think if it was like, I don't know, three colorless and a blue, mm-hmm. and maybe it comes in with four loyalty. Okay. Yeah. Like I'd be, I'd be better with that. Uh, because the effects are so powerful, if you lower the CMC too much, then it becomes an overpowered card, um, and it's already at the Mythic slot. So I get it from a design perspective. It'd be very difficult to try to justify lowering the CMC. Uh, but that was my big thing. I love all the effects. I just want it cheaper. Um, right. Yeah. Fair enough. All right. All right. Well, mine is actually a very boring card. I wanted to talk about it, though, because, on a, and this is just me, I don't think I've seen this card played in years. Sometimes we have to manifest the top card of our opponent's libraries. Oh. And we're going to do that by shifting the reality with reality shift. Um, and I know everyone's yelling on their, their podcasts and their tweeters <laughs> that it's a popular card. And I get it. I'm just saying in my bubble. Reality shift. Colorless blue. Instant. Exile target creature. It's controller manifest the top card of his or her library. So basically, guys, they take the top card of their library, put it on the battlefield face down as a 2-2. If it's a creature card, it can be turned face up at any time for basically its normal mana cost. Uh, now, Tuck, can you clarify for people if there's an alternate cost on the manifest? How do they approach that? Uh, like a kicker? Yeah, like a kicker. Something like that. I feel like you're putting. I feel like I feel like I'm missing something here. No, it, it's just one of those things that everyone argues about at the table. Oh. Like, can you do it? Can you not? Oh, I don't know. Um, Let's go ask the judge. I think you can do. I. Hmm, I well, it's tough because I like the one of the reasons why I think this card is really good is because you can only do it. So if you hit their, you know, whatever time warp, sure, they're screwed. Right, they're out. Yep, like they're out of that card until they get it into their graveyard with that creature dying. So I would imagine that I don't think you can, right? Because it's I don't not think entering you can the battle. It's not. It's it's not. So my logic is this: it's if you have something like kicker on a creature, that's it's an cast. additional cost when you cast it, right? Yep. And then sometimes they have when it enters the battlefield, do X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. You're not entering the battlefield there, right? Correct. So you're missing out on those triggers as well. So my opinion of it is that this you can only cast the card by paying its vanilla top right of the card cost other than morph so you can morph yes. manifest yeah. creatures i yes, know people right. get a little weirded out with that so you guys can do morph mega morph stuff like that so anyways reality shift i just wanted to bring it up blue has some of the best one and two drop like i really think it's tied with white from a removal yeah. perspective swords to pile shares path to exile rapid hybridization reality shift pongify, pongify. yeah yep um i completely agree I think like I think if you're running mono blue, it's in your best interest to run all three of them. Which Spencer yeah. uh, already did that work for us. So there you go. <laughs> we don't even have to, we don't have to guide them. So Spencer, this is a question then for you. You know, I talked about my personal experience with Reality Shift. I genuinely just do not see it played often, and no, that is not a reason, uh, Sir Nathan or Marketing Ross or Single Aaron to start playing this card more. Uh, <laughs> is this a card that you do see a lot in your LGS and in your play groups, or is it? 
is it just has it aged has it aged out of play uh i think it, it's aged out of play um first time I've, what yes i honestly believe that it's aged out of play the first time i played discard at my lgs uh one of my opponents was like wait what does that do and he, he kept having to look at it and it's just like i need to read that card and it's just kind of like i think it's aged out of um aged out and i honestly believe people need to play it more yeah people it's a good two drop exile it's like a free card it's like a free buy exactly hey that's a, that's an avison um i don't i i can't target destroy stuff anymore i'm gonna exile avison all right cool oh he's got a blight steel colossus reality shift just a good card right. it needs to, i yeah i think honestly believe people need to play it more um and it's just one of those cards that it's good removal and for you know two mana instant all right well and someone could be like all right i can't attack i'm gonna pass the turn you're in step i'm gonna reality shift your creature so that way i don't die absolutely and it's less than a dollar for the foil version too right, right. so I think this is something. I think this is a card we definitely need to see more of. Yes, and I think it's actually kind of funny because Spencer could just target Fibblethip with it if someone oh. wants to remove it without <laughs> casting a spell. It's like, oh, save! Yeah. Get scared. Ah, sit. All right, well, I, I like this card. I've targeted Fibblethip with it, and then I just shuffled them back into uh, the command zone. It's great. Yep. Yep. Oh, right. Well, Spencer, give us your final hop card uh, for this Fibblethip build. All right, final Fibblethip uh, card. For my hops, um, you know, don't have a lot of creatures, so it means I don't have any sphinxes in the decks. Um, so, <laughs> you know, I have to go with it. Sphinxes tutelage. Um, the yeah. tutelage of Randy tutelage. <laughs> yes. Um, two in a two in a blue enchantment. Whenever you draw draw a card, target opponent puts the top two cards of his or her library into his or her graveyard. If they both share if both non land cards that share eh, if they're both non land cards that share a color, repeat this process. Five and a blue, draw a card, then discard a card. AKA uh, an activated ability you will never use. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah it, it's bonkers. It's bonkers. Uh gonna be drawing cards with the stack. Um, so able to target people. Hey, uh, mill the top two uh, cards of your library. All right, done. Do they share a color type? Yeah, mill the top two cards of your library. Okay, done. Do they share a type? And if you're playing a person against a person, it's a monocolored deck. And if they don't hit a land till they're like thirty or forty cards down, then they're thirty or forty yeah. percent weighted their deck. Well, you know what? Then this card should just be banned. We banned Iona. That's unfair for monocolored <laughs> decks. You can just pick on someone. I mean, this is just clearly like a dick card out there I, in the I world also, of magic. Exactly. I also realize it says I says it's target opponent because if this is any target, it's way too good, right? Way too good. Like, cause you could just target yourself and just mill yourself out for mono blue decks, right? Right. Oh yeah, that's like fair. that's way too that's way too strong, right? Mm-hmm. Way too strong. Okay. And it's uh, I'm glad it says target opponent and not each opponent because if it's each opponent, then I feel like instead of it being an uncommon, it might be a rare. So Sure. Mm. Yeah. 
Yep, that makes sense. All right, guys. Well, that's going to wrap up the hop section. Now we're going to head over to the Yeasty Boys. And Big Tuck, what Yeasty Boy do you want to talk about? Okay. I feel that there's a card in the Yeast, which is a better potential... Mm. I think it's a really interesting card, and I'm interested to hear how it goes because it's very specific to the color that you're playing, right? So some people would say this is a limited co- limited card, but I looked it up, and so much of your deck fits this category that you're going to be able to get casting. I think this one's going to do a lot of work. So Drown Secrets is another kind of Jace's Erasure thing that I think is really strong. So Colorless in a Blue is an enchantment. Whenever you cast a blue spell, target player puts the top two cards uh, into of their library into the graveyard, then mill two. And then I was looking, and uh, the color... I got a refresh tapped out. The color space here, because you run a lot of artifacts, right, which you have to for your equipment. There is 44 blue cards comparative to 55 colorless cards, 36 of which are lands, lands. which wouldn't count yeah. anyways. So for me, I think this is another one, like... I like these incidental mill cards that you have in here. Like you're not going all the way in on mill because you don't have like Bruvac or any of these other cards, kind of like the staple blue mill cards that are in here. So I like that you have these ones where there's, even if they get removed, you have ones that can follow them that can kind of do the same thing, maybe a little better, maybe a little worse. But this one for me is very interesting in this sort of sling, spell slinger slash blue good stuff sort of stuff you got going on here. Yeah, and uh, I've seen throughout games that I've played, um, and just playing against this card, it does real good work when um, nice when played blue sp- blue spells. It's just I believe if you're playing mono blue deck, like I'm just personal opinion. If you're playing a mono blue deck and uh, you don't have drawn secrets in the deck, you're doing something wrong. This card is a good. Card. Wow! This is a, wow! It, That's a strong statement. Shot, yeah, shots fired. Drawn Secrets is a great card for mono blue decks. It's especially if you're doing a lot of instants and right. instants and stuff. It's oh, I'm gonna play this instant. Uh, Drawn Secrets is gonna activate because I cast a blue spell. You're gonna mill two cards, uh, and so I feel like Drawn Secrets great card, and so everyone should. Hell yeah! I, I, yeah, and awesome. I don't get it see, even playing that often, so it's just kind of like, why not? <laughs> Well, that's for sure. Uh, you definitely don't see it played <laughs> often. Uh, well, Spencer, why don't you give us your first East card? Now, I do want to point out for the collective, there's only six in the deck. So Spencer is either a psychopath and believes Sword Ofs are friendly Tickle Me cards, or <laughs> uh, this deck is just pure gas in the yeast section. So, Spencer, what is your other yeast card? Um, so my uh, first yeast card is... Uh, overplayed um in my opinion planeswalker that is just mm. you know what oh. get rid of it but it's good in the deck um he's got sure a, for some reason he's a mysterious guy uh we're talking <laughs> jace wielder of mysteries <laughs> one one triple blue uh legendary planeswalker J- uh jace uh, he's a rare if you would draw a card while your library has no cards in it, you win the game instead. Plus one, target player puts the top two cards of their library into their graveyard. Draw a card. Minus eight, draw seven cards. Then, if your library has no cards in it, you win the game. 
I I hate this car. <laughs> I know Such I run it baby. in my desk. Such I am a baby. Well, well, I'm a baby. Well, there you go. So, Spencer, we, we get like the generic of why Jace. Um, just, you know, it's kind of a lab man backup. I guess my question for you, though, is typically in true lab man decks, they're targeting themselves for the plus one. Yes. My question to you, though, I don't think you would do that, right? No. Because if you accidentally milled Fibblethip, you'd be screwed. Yes. So, um, um, don't want to mill Fibblethip. Um, for me, this is kind of like a light game card. This is a, all right, who's kind of like the threat at the table? Who's like doing the bad stuff? Who do I need to like take out? And, right. you know, a lot of people could be like, uh, a lot of players could be like, all right, I have to show the top card of my library because of this card. Um, I have to put this card on the top of my library because of this card. And so you can be like, oh, I know he has X, X card on top of his library. I'm going to play this card and I'm going to make him mill that card because I know that if he gets that into hand mm-hmm. and he um, gets that onto the field, we have a one-turn rotation clock to... sure get rid of it or get rid of said player. So um, right. this card to me is a late game card in this deck specifically. Makes sense. And I do like the fact that it does say it's target player, but you are always the person who draws a card, right? Yeah. Which I think is pretty, which I think is pretty very cute wizards. Very, very cute. Use SOBs. Well, uh, the first use card I wanted to talk about, I feel like Tuck has it on his list. It's an equipment. Yes? No. Wow! I think we're going to... Orga- so I was thinking about this. I think we're going to organically potentially do all six of these. <laughs> wow. Well, I'm talking about Batter Skull. I oh. um, thought that was kind of interesting in here. So it's a five drop artifact equipment for about $8. It's a living weapon. So when the equipment ETBs, guys, you actually make a zero zero black germ creature token, and then they automatically attach to it so it doesn't die. Um, equipped creature gets plus four, plus four, and has vigilance and lifelink. You pay three colorless, you return Batter Skull to its owner's hands, and it costs five to equip Oof. it. So the reason I like this card in the yeast is just that plus four, plus four, Vigilance, and Lifelink. And we've talked about ways to make it unblockable with Aqueous and, and different yeah. things like that. So the equip cost is a lot, I'll admit that. But I think once you get it onto your Fibble Fip or potentially your Illusion Dog people are going to have to block because adding an additional four power is quite a bit. But then if you got it on a sword of uh, fire and ice, well, now I got protection from blue and red and you can't block. So I just gate a crap ton of life because that's the big issue I could see with this deck is you don't have a lot of blockers. You're on the defense. You have this very linear way to win. You probably want to get some life gain at some point to dig you out of the red zone. Exactly. Um, And it's just kind of like, reason why I put batter skull into the deck is people people aren't stupid I'll be honest but um uh, they're <laughs> gonna start stupid. realizing oh this is what his deck wants to do we have to start attacking him and you know they're gonna start attacking me I need a way to be able to gain life back I'm gonna need to be able to you know hold up something so that way I can be like oh this is a uh, the same power and toughness as my double tip 
And if I have, you know, sort of feast and famine onto my creature, mm-hmm. and he's got a green creature that's tougher than Fibblethip, it can be like, oh, I'm going to throw Fibblethip in front of your commander. I don't lose any life. Fibblethip, and I was like, I, Fibblethip doesn't lose anything. He's pro green. Uh, I'm going to gain right. life, too. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and I like that it gets around the limited creatures in the deck build, right? Yep. So this I think Battle Scroll is good enough on its own with the four four and vigilance lifelink. If your Fibblethip's out of the if your Fibblethip is out of the door, right, you can't get to it for whatever reason, then you can start suiting this thing up with your swords of X and Y and start punching in with it as well and getting that life back where you're kind of rebuilding. Exactly. Hmm. Yeah, very cool. And I just thought, uh, I don't know if this is possible, but if there was a way to blink Batterskull specifically a bunch of times, that would be kind of stupid for any living (laughs) weapon to be in an Aristocrats deck. Because that germ just keeps dying, dying. and it just keeps automatically making it. That'd be kind of cool. That is very cool. Figure out that. Exactly. All right. Well, uh, that is my Batterskull. Big Tuck, what's the next card and final yeast card you want to talk okay. about? I'm, pr- I'm really hoping someone else has this one, so I don't have to go through the whole rigmaroles of how this works. But this is not, this is an artifact, but it's not an equipment. And perhaps it could be something that you could use for walking in the woods. Is this all three of us or just two? Spence? Uh, it's not me, no. You son ah, of a bitch! Three! three. Two, one, Proteus, Proteus staff. staff. Uh, okay, I'll read. I'll read. I'll read all of it. All so, right, thank God. The three colors for an artifact that's twelve ninety in dollars. It's a rare from more Scars of Morden. Morden, baby. Anyway, two colors in a blue. Tap it. Put target creature on the bottom of its owner's library. That creature's controller reveals cards from the top of his or her library until he or she reveals a creature card. The player puts that card into play and the rest on the bottom of his or her library in any order. Plays ability only any time you could play a sorcery. Mr. Combo, take it away. All right. So basically, guys, the way that this is going to work effectively for Spencer, he only has two creatures in the deck, just as Vren Prodigy. Or, yeah, and then uh, obviously his commander in the command zone. So the goal is to target Fibblethip. Fibblethip goes onto the bottom. It's scared. Uh, Proteus Staff resolves. If you have not drawn Jace yet, that will be guaranteed. Jace's friend's prodigy is coming out. The goal, though, is that once Jace is out of your deck, you would activate Proteus Staff, targeting Fibblethip, and Fibblethip always comes out and always gives you two cards every single time. And then Spencer can literally stack his deck exactly how he wants, effectively tutoring your card to the top. Spencer, did I miss anything? You did not miss anything. And if you <laughs> it and if you would like, I can tell you exactly the order of cards that I want to put in order so that way you can win every time you activate Proteus Staff. Okay, let's hear it. Alright, so you have nine blue mana open, you have Soul Ring out, and you have Arcane Signet, right? You tap Arcane Signet sure. and Soaring, activating Proteus Staff, um, targeting Fibbletip. Put Fibbletip on the bottom. You reveal to get Fibbletip. You want to put onto the top of the library 
exactly uh, in this order. Future Sight, High Tide, um, Helm of the Host, and Sensei's Divining Top. Uh, no, Helm of Awakening. You triple triple come back on the battlefield. You will draw. Oh, I see. You will draw your uh, Future Sight and your High Tide. You'll pay the one to play High Tide. You tap to play um, Future Sight. Uh, Revealing top to get um, uh, the helm. helm. Helm Awakening. You put tap one to play Helm of Awakening. Having everything be one mana less. You reveal Sensei's Divining Top. You play Sensei's Divining Drop. And then you just draw your whole entire library. Yeah, you can draw the whole library, right? Yes. Yeah. Yep. And then what you want to do is play Jace, Elder of Mysteries, plus one. You draw a card. You don't have any cards left in your library. You win the game. Disgusting. It's like, what is that, a nine-card <laughs> nine combo or something like that? Uh, I mean, it's Proteus, Staff, Soul Ring, Arcane Signet, Fibblethip, High Tide, Future Sight, Helm of Awakening, Sensei's Divining Top, Jason Wilder Mystery. There you go, nine. 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 Have you, have you been able to pull this off? Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> if people can't see this coming a mile away, right. Proteus Staff is on the stack, I don't know how to help you. I, exactly. Well, and I... I was going to say, with my smooth brain thinking, like, you could also <laughs> use it, if you don't use it to win the game, you could also tuck something monster, like your Avacyns, or some sort of, like, Corvold sort of horrible commander, some mm. big creature, and then you're just gambling that they're just going to get a mana dork or, like, a goblin or something, right? Right. <laughs> um, that's what I was going to say, without this whole nine-step program rigmarole when you do that do you get a token like this is like okay this is your first it's like your first time going to an aa meeting like this is your first token like just getting here is getting here is important that's the first step exactly so the the one thing that i was trying to do is i was trying to find ways of creature etb untap your artifacts and then you just infinitely proteus staff yeah uh, because for me uh, you don't need the nine mana then to like, well, technically it's nine plus uh, your soul ring and your arcane signet. So it's like, right. it's just, you know, if I could have, if I could just figure this out for three mana available and then I could win the game effectively, um, I thought that would be a cute way, but I couldn't find any creatures that ETB untap. Like I couldn't find an enchantment or an artifact or something that said, Hey, when a creature enters the battlefield, untap artifacts, oh, yeah. you control like an unwinding clock effect. Right. And since it says sorcery speed, Unwinding clock doesn't even work because you can't do it on everyone's turn. Yeah. So if anyone out there could find a really cute way <laughs> to go infinite Proteus staff at sorcery speed, we want to hear it. We want to hear it, Collective. Come out. Come out, right. Collective. Well, uh, we got one left, and that is good old Spence. Spencer, what do you got for us? All right. So let's say um, I'm going to go uh, talk about this card with the Proteus staff. Um, let's say... Um, for some reason, you have um, you do your Proteus Staff rigmarole, and somebody counters your spell. You're gonna be like, "Crap! I don't have any way to win. I'd have to reattach all my equipment to Fibblethip." What you could do is potentially play a Fate of Cards. Ooh! Next is a Fate. <laughs> Woo! Boo! <laughs> the cowards! This is the cowards! This is the cowards' way out. You have this great build around, and then you just, you just slap this one in here. Hey, 
Listen to me, okay? It's a good card, all right? Yes, yes listen, senpai. Linda, listen. <laughs> Lin- listen, Linda, listen. All right. If you don't know or if you've been living under a rock for the past, like, X years, Nexus of Fate, five blue-blue instant mythic rare from M19. Take an extra turn after this one. If Nexus of Fate would be put into a graveyard from anywhere, reveal Nexus of Fate and shuffle it into its owner's library instead. From anywhere. That's a stupid part. From anywhere. I hate it. I love it. It's just stupid. I I think this is up there with like the, uh, what is it? Dockside Extortionist and at all of like, this is just a design mistake. It's <laughs> like... Hey, it's, it's hard. Fine. It's, it's hard fine. pressing. It's like if you're running a blue deck, you should just have this in there, right? <laughs> this is a good card. I well, This is a good card. Just accept it. <laughs> Never. Yeah, it's just a good card. There's nothing wrong with cards <laughs> being good. Yeah. Well, guys, that's going to wrap up the yeast section. Now we're going to head over to Spice, which surprisingly, actually, no, if you know Spencer Rabbits at all from our Discord or playing with him, of course he would have more Spice than yeast. Yeah, um, makes sense. Spencer, why don't you kick this off? What's the first spice card you want to talk about? All right, so I have four degenerate uh, planeswalkers in this uh, spice package, and I'm going to be talking about one of these degenerate um, <laughs> planeswalkers. Um, Mr. Common Numbers 5 likeness. This is what he looks like IRL. Yeah, absolutely. I totally look like this character. And so um, let's just say... Um, when you get with this planeswalker card, it's a party. We're, yeah, we're talking about Jace Balarin. Party Jace, party Jace. OG. If you don't know Party Jace, he is a one and two, uh, one in blue blue, um, then uh, planeswalker plus two, uh, which is the most important one. Each player draws a card. Minus one, uh, target player draws a card. Minus 10. Don't care about that at all. Doesn't even matter. <laughs> does, does, doesn't exist. Doesn't exist. This card just this this card is just howling mine. This card on your turn. <laughs> that is it. It's three colors. It's a playwalker. Everyone draws a card. Everybody drawing a card. We're all having a great time. Everyone gets a taste. I yes, it's incredible. I love it. Here's, uh, here's the thing though. Spencer, because I have a planeswalker similar to Jace Bellerin, to where like the negative or ultimate, it just, I just ignore it in my Ashiok. And Tuck's seen it. She gets to like 20, yeah. 30 loyalty. But eventually, when you get that high, like, and Tuck has seen it, I just eventually, like, I guess I should start casting stuff, even though it's not what <laughs> yeah. I want. I just got all the stuff. You here. like forget, right? <laughs> yeah. So I feel like with Jace Bellerin, once you're at like 20 or 30 loyalty, it's like, I guess I'll just go down 10 to mill you 20. Um, it's, it's the thing that I've learned. If anyone ever says I will never use that ultimate, well, they might bite their tongue one day if that's, uh, how they feel. You know what? I'm going to tell you this now. I've known about this card since the day I started playing magic. I have ordered one. Oh, nice. Uh, I started playing in 2016. I ordered this card back in when I first built a deck. I have been playing since 2016 with this card. <laughs> you want to know how many times I have minus 10 this ability? Never? I know you're going to say zero. Zero times. Zero? zero. Wow. But have you ever had like 30 loyalty on there? Yes. Or like right. 31 loyalty? I mean, yes, oh, I have. Oh, you're a psycho. You're a psycho. Wow, that, that is a maniac. I also love, so 
we've talked about this. This is one of the all timers on. We just should start. Okay, for year four, Mister Combo, we should start doing like all timers clubs, right? Because this is, this has this is on there. Uh, Ashiok is on there for sure. Oko is on there. Like a lot of planeswalkers, right? But I think if you look at the price, the thing I do like about this is it's very efficiently like costed, uh, yeah. both in casting cost and in like it costs you can get it for two bucks, right? Mm-hmm. But the interesting part is it scales so crazily because it's like the normal one is just like $2, right? The normal foil is $2. The dual deck Japanese one is 17. And then if you want to get the miscellaneous book promo, it's 45. So oh, really? what, person, what person in their right mind would spend $45 on this? I have multiple of those. Of the book ones? The alternate yeah, art that, ones? Well, I think that's what came in the Jace's uh, spellbook, right? No, 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 no. That one, that's the that's the cheaper foil. That's the $2 one. There's one that came in some book that's got the pen logo, like the original Mana Vault. That's the 45 one. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, I, I've never heard of a miscellaneous book promo. There's like a couple ones from Dak Faden, I think. Um, not very much, though. Oh, you know what? That's probably kind of like a... I remember back in the day with PlayStation Magazine, they'd give you the demo disc? Yes, I exactly. Bet you, I bet you that was a way to get people to buy the magic books. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, if you buy this, you get this, like, throwaway foil. Exactly. Which is, a, which, is, which is the original way that Mana Crypt was printed. No way. It was originally shipped with a book. That's why the old Mana Crypt, uh, the set symbol is that little pen. Wow. On the old ones, yeah, oh, wild, right? Uh, oh, it's just it's a media promo one, and right, it it costs uh, market price for it forty five forty nine. Yep, yep, bonkers. All right, well, my spice. It's actually a combo card, but it's the perfect. But this is why it's perfect for spice because we're gonna muddle and transmute. Oh. Muddle the mixture. Uh, blue, blue, instant. Counter, target, instant, or sorcery spell. So immediately worse than counter spell. Yep. But this is why I think the card's good for the deck and why it's actually the perfect blend of spice. Transmute. Uh, colorless, blue, blue. Discard this card. Tutor your library for a card with the same CMC as this card. So it'd be two mana. So you're paying three to tutor a two drop, and then you put it into hand, then shuffle your library, play only as a sorcery. So it's really here, and and the thing I like about it, Spice, it's not a dead card. It's just not a very flexible card. And so you can have it here like a negate, which is in the deck, and use it as so if you absolutely need to. But most likely, I would assume you're just holding out until you have some of your other combo pieces. And like, okay, I just need the one high tide Let's go grab it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh wait, you can't get you can't get high tide with it though because it has to be the same converted mana cost, not same or less. Isn't high tide one and it's blue? one? No, high tide is exactly oh. one mana. Oh, one. gotcha. So I I agree with you one hundred percent, Mister Combo. But this also lets you cheat. At, this lets you go get Jace's Vin Prodigy so that you can yeah. do your Proteus staff faster, and it can go get Cyclonic Rift as well, just in case you really need it. And- that's exactly why. Good call. It's exactly why I put it in the deck. I put it in the deck because it's just like, all right, I have my combo pieces. I just need to go get uh, Jace's Jace and put it into my hand. And that way, I could be like, all right, uh, time to do the whole rigmarole, double tip, right. all that. 
the Rube Goldberg machine, if you will, of putting the things in order. I mean, have you thought about just cutting Jace's friend's prodigy? I mean, I know we're not in the bottle capping, <laughs> but I mean, just, just get him out. Just cut it out. There, he might be coming up later. So, oh, all right, all right. getting getting crazy here. Yeah. Um. Well, guys, uh, let's wait. Wait, wait. I have one. I have. Oh, one. you do. You do. Yeah. yeah. I got you one. one. Okay. This one's quick because Mr. Combo recommended this card, and this is the first. This is one that you've recommended for a cut. Um, I think I'm on World Draw the deck. It's one I haven't seen, but I think this is the perfect deck for it. Um, the Magic Mirror, mm. I think, is very very cool here. So six colorless, triple blue for legendary artifact. It costs one less. It's a mythic that for three dollars from that trash set, redacted set. This spell costs one less to cast for each instant and/or sorcery card in your graveyard. You have no maximum hand size. At the beginning of your upkeep, put a knowledge counter on the magic mirror, then draw a card for each knowledge counter on the magic mirror. For me, I think this is not... I think this card... I think this deck really needs all the ways that you can get no maximum hand size, right? Right. You have, like, every draw card under the sun. So being able to have multiple ones in there, especially ones that are as innocuous as this, where you're still getting value out of it, and it's like you're going to have so many targets that if you get this out early enough, I could see this easily drawing you, you know getting up to drawing you four cards a turn just for free for three mana, right? Which is a really good return. Uh, I think that it is a perfect spice card because you have to kind of wait for a little bit to really reap the rewards off of it. Exactly. So. And that's a, that's all I got. Yeah. I, I thought this is interesting. I guess Spencer in the seven times that you got to play the deck, um, how, what was the typical casting cost for magic mirror? Cause obviously Ooh, you have question. 25 combined instant sorceries in the deck. So you have, the juice there to just pay blue 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 but how often are you actually just paying blue 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 um <laughs> cast this guy twice and the only time i've been able to cast it for trip blue is once ah, uh, how, what, so what was the other time though did you pay like five or six it was, total uh, so the one time i played trip blue and then um the second time it was blue 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 and one Oh, okay. And so oh, that's pretty good, yeah. Yeah, so it sounds like you're regularly getting it almost close to zero or, or you know, very, you know, you're only paying a little bit of that extra cost. Yes. Okay, that's tight. Nice. Well, guys, that's going to wrap up the spice package. And now we're going to head over to the bottle capping. And as a reminder, there's going to be Spencer Rabbits, Big Tucks and Eyes, Cuts and Adds to the deck that are going to be under $5, under 50 bucks, and a no-budget recommendation. We just can't give him mana-only lands. So I will start, and I'm sorry, uh, Jace Ingenious Mind Mage is out of here. Yes, it is! Uh, yes, it is! <laughs> yes, it, yes, it is! Oh, God, that's a 3 -fer. Wait, is that you too? Yeah! Yeah! Get out of here! So, four colorless blue-blue legendary planeswalker Jace. It's a mythic for some reason. Uh, and it's like $8, five, $7. Yeah, five loyalty. Has three effects. Uh, plus one, draw a card. Tuck, what's the second ability? Uh, plus one, untap all creatures you control. And Spencer, the final one. Minus nine. Gain control of up to three target creatures. <laughs> Yeah, this, this card's was like, stupid. If this was four mana, sure. Five mana and you draw two, discard one, okay-ish. But for <laughs> six, especially like there, I have seen builds. I to be fair to Jace Ingenious Mind Mage, I have seen builds where the plus one to untap all creatures is very sure. good, right? However, that being said, I think I don't feel like giving Fivolthip sort of vigilance. And being able to untap 
<laughs> being able to untap Jason's Prodigy to tap him to draw to loot because he's not going to be a creature for long. And if he does, if he is, it doesn't matter. So that's that's why I'm cutting it. Uh, realizing uh, playing decks and uh, having this card in hand, I realize I have never casted him in any other games. So I Dead just draw. said, you know what? Screw it. I am not. I don't need this card in this deck. Fair, fair. So nice. the card I wanted to add, and so as everyone knows, anytime I go into the bottle cacking, you know, if I can't just immediately hit on one of the things that the deck wants to do, it's like, okay, well, let me try to do that, but lower the CMC. But the CMC is already super low, but we're still going to cut it in half, going from a six drop to a three drop. So Spencer in his pre-notes told us, like, I, I have some control. I'm not trying to control the board, though. I just want to make sure that people aren't popping off and going crazy, which is essentially what you're trying to do. So we might need to do some self-reflection there. Um, <laughs> but I think Emi Statue would be amazing for this deck. What? Three colorless from good old champions of Kamigawa for 25 cents. It's an artifact. Oh. Players can't untap more than one artifact during their untap steps. So people would initially say, Mr. Combo, you're crazy. He's mono blue. He's going to have tons of mana rocks. Like that's going to more hurt him than his opponents. I actually went through the deck currently as constructed. Spencer, you only have four or five artifacts that actually tap to do anything. Really? Yep. So, and one of oh, them sure. is your most important piece in Proteus Staff. And you get right. to untap one during your upkeep, so you'd just pick Proteus Staff. So I think this card is going to slow down your opponents, especially, guys, more treasure decks are coming out. Sure. People are starting to play more blind obedience type of effects. Those artifacts come in tapped. This just kind of compounds onto it. Hey, those 18 treasures you have tapped will not untap. You get Uno. So take a step back. Spencer, how do you feel about Emi statue? I love it. <laughs> It, yeah. yeah, nailed it. It's a great card. I, it's just one of those cards that's just kind of like, oh, I ha I hadn't heard of the card before, and this is the first card, the first time I've heard of this card, and first time I'm like seeing it. And it's just like I need this deck. Uh, slam dunk. Slam dunk. Uh, I also love that it's so when it was. I think statue can be Im interpreted in multiple ways, right? So I love that this isn't a creature. Right, because oh, when you yeah. first said it, I was like, "That sounds like a creature card, especially from Kamigawa." Sure. Right. So the fact that it's just an artifact in and of itself is also bonkers, and it's only a quarter. Right. So nailed it. And I know Spencer is one like me that likes a little bit of flair in his deck. Uh, you can get a foil for only two fifty. So it's like a champion is a Kamigawa foil, and I can't remember if that's a set where everyone said the foil was trash. Um, or not, or like it went down in quality. But just I think everyone me, just said the set itself is trash. <laughs> that's fair. But for me, if it's a card that's only been printed once in a set twenty years ago, almost wow, it's yeah. a rare, and you can get a, a foil for two fifty. It just if it can work in your deck, just get the foil because who knows? Yeah. This card could be a hundred dollar card one day just because of the the rareness of it. Agreed. Big Tuck, what is your? add since you had the same cut so i'm trying to put more jaces in here uh so you I want cut more one I, I cut one for a better one i'm also cutting it in half but since we're going into the red zone okay 
So we're going to the red zone anyways, right? So we might be able to draw cards off of that with the little thip to begin with. But okay. eventually, if we get this whole, if the Proteus staff rigmarole doesn't work out, and we're just doing that BS Nexus of Fate rigmarole, this also can, over time, generate you an army that cannot be beat. So we are pulling Hot Jace, a.k.a. Jace Cunning Castaway, into the deck. So oh. Achilles, okay, so hear me out, right? This is this one's this is a sweaty one. I'll I'm just gonna get that out of the way. Sweaty pick. Cullis double blue for a dollar and forty-four mythic rare from Ixalan. Legendary planeswalker Jace with three loyalty. Plus one. Whenever one or more creatures you control deal combat damage to a player this turn, draw a card, then discard a card. Minus two, create a two-two blue illusion creature token with when this creature becomes the target of a spell, sacrifice it. Minus five, create two tokens that are copy of Chase Cunning Castaway, except they're not legendary. So I understand. I know what you're saying. This sounds like the this sounds like the roomings of a madman, right? And you may be right. But if you're trying to get in the red zone anyway, fibble thip, the plus one is gonna let you at least draw your card and discard, right? You're only gonna be attacking with one creature, so the one or more doesn't matter. The minus five is the best case scenario. Comes in plus one, plus one, third turn. Now you can get two, two, draw two, discard two every turn, right? Right. But then the minus two obviously clogs up the board a little bit and kind of protects himself. But if you are making, if you are doing the infinite nexus of fate nonsense, you at least can generate a gazillion tokens with this over those turns and then start attacking in that way. Yeah. So it's, it's insanity. I get it. This card is not good, but I was I was trying to find other Jaces to put in here, and this one for half the cost seemed like it did a lot more. Yes, and I can understand where you're getting at with this card. So, right, it's trash, but we can make it maybe good trash. Good trash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I would say the minus. If you don't think you can get to the minus five within the normal parameters i probably wouldn't run it to be yes. honest because i agree if i agree just, with that i agree with if that. you're just getting the plus one for like two turns i don't know if that's worth a slot <laughs> but i think to tuck's point if we can get to a minus five and now we have double and then maybe we're able to ultimate one of those and now we got three or four that's really where i think this card becomes good and that's where i think it actually is appropriately costed at three mana because it is very difficult to get mm -hmm. to that minus five but once you're there and you just got multiple jace cutting castaways it does become a challenge yeah, 100%. All right, Spence, what are you adding in place of your Jace Ingenious Mind Mage? All right, I am going to be... So, I'm going to be adding Swiftfoot Boots. Um, <laughs> fair, fair, yeah, fair enough. Uh, two... Um, <laughs> two... Uh, Equip creature has haste and hexproof and equip for one. You're actually reading this off the card? Come on. You've been playing this game long enough. You should know this one by memory. You should know the flavor text. I can honestly... Do you know the flavor text by memory? No! Okay. I can honestly tell you I don't play this card enough. So, I I don't play this card enough. I don't see this card played enough. Um, I honestly forgot about yeah. it. So, <laughs> um, so uh, girl, screw yourself, Big Tuck. Oh damn! Blast! Blasted! Yeah, the Blast. only thing I do... hashtag hashtag suck it. Yeah, the only thing I don't like about Swift Boots, and I actually don't play it anymore, is you have to pay to equip, and I don't yeah. like that. All right. But I do get you cannot do lightning greaves in this deck because then with the shroud you will not be able to do anything on. Oh sure. And you have he's no, got wait no he's got lightning greaves in. Here. I have lightning. Oh, he does. Yes, I do. And so that's a terrible card for the deck. I was originally going to cut that, and then it was, oh, that needs to get cut immediately. Listen, listen, all right, <laughs> listen. I I was going to cut 
this card. I was going to cut Lightning Graves, but then um, I, me and Big Tech talk, and I'm going to be cutting another card. Um, there's there's a card, Mr. Combo, all three of us completely, refel- completely fell asleep at the wheel on a card that we have talked about on this cast. Huh. Incidentally, we all fell asleep at the wheel on it. And we'll get to we'll get to that a little later. All right. Yes, there's a card. Well, uh, let's. There's a card Go ahead. that we fell asleep on and we talked about, and it's going to be my next choice. Hmm. Well, let's go to the under fifty, and uh, I'm cutting this card mainly because I still feel like we're in this weird VEDH world. And honestly, I think this card's only good for competitive. I'm going to cut Cadaxian Probe. Yeah, just, that was on, that was on my list too. Yeah, uh, Phyrexian Blue Mana to cast it. Sorcery. Um, look at target player's hand. Draw card. So I get it. You can pay two life to just impulse draw. Um, but I think in non-lean competitive builds, this just doesn't have enough gas. But, Spencer, I'm disappointed in you. We've talked about it. Tuck was trying to elude because there's like hard leaning creatures in here. It wouldn't be good in the deck. Why the hell is it Alter the Brood in here? The fuck? <laughs> uh, colorless, artifact, whatever. Another permanent enters the battlefield under your control. Each opponent pets the top card of their library into their graveyard. Because uh, here's the thing. Do though, you know Tuck. the flavor? Now, okay, now, do you know the flavor text on this one? That's your no, next. Of that's that's got to be your goal. That's got to be your goal. It's only two pair. It's two. Two sentences. No, if I ever have that, then I have to remove Alter the Brood from every deck I have and burn them all. Uh, it means I play the card way too much. I see. <laughs> uh, uh, so here's the thing. Your Proteus Staff combo always has a permanent enter the battlefield. And that's where I was talking about. If you could figure out a way to get Fibblethip to constantly come through the Proteus Staff, even if some of your other combo pieces are gone, his ETB, everyone is milling. Everyone is milling. Everyone is milling. Uh, if you look at your actual permanent count, you have 75 permanents in the deck. You only have 25 non wow, that is, Okay, that is a lot. Okay, fair. So That is a lot. That is a lot. I'm just saying. And for me, we're replacing a one drop with a one drop. Yep. We are losing a blue pip and a card draw. But I think you have enough of the... I mean, you basically have all of the incidental mill cards in the deck you probably could have. So why not just put Alter the Brood in there um, to be able to get that, you know, little bit churning and puts the fear of God into them? Because, hey, maybe that ends up being a uh, a target for removal. It saves Mm. your Proteus staff because Alter the Brood is out. I mean, people blow up my altar all the time because they've seen how powerful it is. And that allows me to play more powerful cards later. Okay, yeah, I can see where you're getting with that. Uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't like it, but damn it, I respect it. You're still true to yourself, so I can respect that. Yeah, I mean, look, I, well, I would just say this then, Tuck. Give me one legitimate reason why it wouldn't work in this deck. I think it makes sense. Like, if, if, yeah. it, had, if it had less permanence, then I would go for it, but there is still a bunch. Um, I think it's certainly better than Gintaxian Pro for the same cost, so... I like like I said, you backed it up. You backed up. It's like it's like a a, a personal biases with information. It's like the opposite of Facebook, <laughs> right? It's informed. And I just counted his deck produces nine different types of tokens as well. Oh, so on top sure. of seventy five permanents, we have nine different types of tokens that can be produced. Spitting out token generation. Oh, yeah. yeah so point. yeah, I, I think all of it's there. So Spencer, fine. Why was it not in the deck? I know you have copies. Fine, I'll put it in the deck. Um, it's going in! Yeah! Get the bell! It's going in! Oh, that's going to be another right. bit. 
It's going. The going. It's going in. It's Bell. going in. It's going in. Uh, well, Tuck, you're going to cut the taxi and probe as well. What I was going, going to, but I found another one. Oh, so he DJ well, called me. Yes, another one. Uh, Spencer and I. I'll let Spencer go ahead with this one because he he's the one who found out this fairly critical misstep in putting this card in the deck. All right. So if you didn't hear about this card earlier, then uh, you definitely will hear it now. I'm cutting Aquarius form from the deck. Um, and the only reason why is because, uh, uh, I didn't catch it the first time and I had to ask Tuck, um, Fibbletip's second ability, when Fibbletip becomes the target of a spell, shuffle Fibbletip into its owner's library. Oh. So. Yeah. Yeah. We, we all, all three, all three of us, one, two, three, all three of us completely fell asleep with the wheel. We're talking about hot soup. Like it's just like Aquarius form, but like worse. I wow. We talked about we, we talked about it, and then it was just kind of like went over our heads, and then it was just like oh yeah. So I'm gonna be wow. putting it into uh, putting in another one drop. Uh, I'm putting in Shadow Spear. Oh, you all right? Fine. All right, Shadow Spear is it's really good. Uh, uh, legendary artifact equipment from Theros. Uh, equipped creature gets plus one plus one and has trample and lifelink uh, for one uh, one permanent. Your opponent's control lose hexproof and indestructible until end of turn, and then equipped for two. Um, as I was going through, the yeah, deck, it's it's bonkers. As I was going through the deck, it was just kind of like uh, I don't have any. I like I don't believe I can't think off the top of my head if I have any trample effects. And so let's say I don't have hot soup in the deck. Where I can't block. Well, where Fable Fit can't be blocked. It's just kind of like, all right, well, right. let's say, um, yep. let's just say uh, Tuck has um, a uh, Kozilek, Great Distortionist, and he can block. And so if I attack him, he can block. Well, now I have a Trample, and I can get through if I have like 17 power, 18 power. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, totally. It's really good. Uh, I didn't know this. That's got Shadow Spear is up to twenty two dollars for a normal copy. Woof. Yeah, that's upsetting. It is. So, Tuck, what were you gonna add? I'm gonna cut Aquas form for the same reason. Um, I am going to this my mine. I wasn't. I wasn't trying to give Spencer too hard of a time because mine also is pretty basic, but. I, the more and more of Voltron decks I'm seeing, the more and more I think this deck, this card is really good. Um, I think Black Blade Reforged is pretty strong um, if you're going yeah. the black if you're going the the, the Voltron way. You might as, if you have all the other swords, you might as well have this one as well. So two colors for legendary artifact equipment. Equipped creature gets plus one plus one for each land you control. Equipped legendary creature three. Equipped seven for normal creatures, and it's about fifty cents. So you're drawing enough cards. We're gonna be hitting your land drop every turn. This is gonna be a plus seven plus seven fairly regularly when you need it. And I just think, I think it's just one of the most efficient ways to pump up a commander if you're doing, and you can go find it with muddle the mixture, et cetera, et cetera. So like I said, pretty basic there, but I think, it, I think it's got a lot of purpose here. I can understand. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, I, I guess Tuck, we kind of talk about sometimes, cards like do you just put it in the deck because it's like good value right and commander games go so long traditionally 
that people have lots of lands, at least six right. or seven by the time the game's over. I mean, is there an argument that Blackblade Reforged just kind of goes in every deck, like I outside think... of truly non-combat decks where there's right. not even the risk that you're going to go into the red zone? Like, isn't it hard to argue against putting this in? Right, I like that. I agree with you, right? Like, and I think this is a. I think that's why this is a, still surprising to me that this is so cheap in dollars and maybe not cents. Uh, if you're, if you, I have a hard time saying that if someone's like, oh, I'm playing a Voltron Commander, or or even better, I'm planning to win through command damage. It's hard pressed unless it's something like a Prosh where the, it already has ways to pump itself up. Sure. Not to put this in here because it's just so efficient, right? Yeah. Especially if you're running green ramp, it, pair, it pairs excellently with Sword of the Animist, right? Like I, for two mana and fifty cents and equip three, I I don't know. It's 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 very hard pressed for me to say no to that, right? That's fair. All right. Well, let's go to the no budget and try to make Spencer homeless. Yes. Um, I talked about it earlier. I am cutting Mordekainen. Um, just it's it's too too, too expensive. Too sweaty. At six mana. Yeah, it's just too, too much. slimy. Yeah, I, I think if it was in the spice package, and by the time we got to here, it was like, okay, I see. This is just in there for flavor. Or right. Spencer's a big D and D guy, and so happy that he had the card. He just had to put it in. But it doesn't seem like there's any like compelling like I gotta have the card in there. So I think if we cut that though, for a card like you might have heard me talk about earlier, Spencer, you only have like four or five artifacts that tap to do anything. Uh, and only a couple of them actually tap for mana. So I do think we could get some mana rocks in here. But you said you want to kind of have a Voltron piece to your strategy. And you also want to draw cards as part of a combo. So what if I found a artifact that encourages both? I think Coveted Jewel is a slam dunk oh, in here. You hate this card! I do, but the I card's want... great in here. Coveted great in here. Wow! Six colorless artifact. When it ETBs, draw three cards... Tap to add three mana of any one color, perfect for mono blue. And then whenever one or more creatures an opponent controls attacks you and aren't blocked, that player draws three and gains control of the coveted jewel, and then they untap it. So with how often you're apparently going to be attacking with Fipple Fip, I don't know why you don't have this in there. You attack, you have unblockable with the hot soup, you have unblockable with all the protection that you have. You'll probably always be able to take it back. Now, what? granted, people are always going to steal it from you. But that's okay, because you'll be able to take it back and get three cards and three mana every single time. So just just a little six drop for a six drop. All right. A bitch slap for a bitch. <laughs> what, you're, you're, are you in on this, Spencer? I, you like this? I'm, I, I'll do it. I'll put it in the deck. I have... It's going in! Ring the bell! Ding, 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 ding. It's going in! Ding, 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 ding. I have... Tuck, what do you think? Oh, I, I mean, I love this. I'm here for this card. So I was just, I, I, I had to go about fell out of the chair when you brought this up. Cause I think we've talked about this in other decks. Oh, like, I despise this, this card. This card's trash. I hate it. This is a, yep. this is a big tuck political, political tool. That's it. Yep. It serves yep. no other purpose. So I'm just glad that you're just, I'm glad that you're getting into this. It's like Monarch, but you get to draw three and pay three. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, the only reason is because he's doing Voltron. And he's doing control, which he needs to draw, or combo, which he needs to draw lots of cards for. So it's just in this one deck, in this one strategy, it's perfect. All right. I love it. I'm, I'm so proud.
All right. Well, Tuck, what are you going going to cut for your final card, and what are you going to add for your final? So I we mentioned this earlier, and I think so. There is a lot of X Y Z happens mill X Y Z out of it, right? Um, and the one to me that struck out the most was Jace's erasure. The Aww. reason, the reason why is because I like that it's low costed, right? Um, yeah. but I feel like the Sphinx tutelage, the Zephyrus tutelage and the psychic corrosion all do that, that effect a little better, um, for one mana more a piece. And then I, I kind of was going back between, cause Mr. Combo, the argument could also, you, the same argument could be made for drowned secrets, right? Yeah, it's it happens less frequently than draw, right? And it's two cards. I just like drawn secrets because it also gives you something to do when you cast a spell, right? So it, it kind of diversifies your mill package. Um, so Jason Razor for me is just a little, uh, a little too sweaty for the for the sort of thing we're going for. But here's the thing: you already have this deck as super expensive, right? You already have all the other expensive stuff in here, so you. We need to bring in the daddy, right? We got to bring in Pop Pop. He's been walking oh. around with crutches since 2010. Been, been banned in and out of different formats. Uh, and this is a, another classic Mr. Combo favorite. We got to get the sculptor in here. We got to sculpt some stuff and specifically some mines. Jason Mine Sculptor. Let's get oh. a little noise. Let's get a little noise for him. Two colorless, two blue for Legendary Planeswalker Jace. Plus two, look at the top card of target player's library. You may put that card on the bottom of that player's library. Zero, draw three cards, put two cards from your hand on top of your library in any order. Minus one, return target creature to its owner's hand. Then finally, minus 12, exile all cards from target player's library. Then that player shuffles their hand into their library. I really think, like we've talked about many times before, it's zero and maybe a minus one here and there, right? To clear out yep. a really troublesome creature. This helps you stack your library to your draw spells so that you're drawing it out. Brainstorm is a great ability. And if we're already doing all the Jace rigmaroles and having party Jace and everything else in here... We might as well have Pop Pop Jace coming in and making an appearance. And somehow this card has been dropped down to only $50, which is shocking in my opinion, because yeah. this card used to be like 110, right? Right. Oh, yeah. Like, I want to say I got for my uh, Planeswalker deck, because, you know, I was like foiling out and trying yeah. to do that. I ended up having to do the From the Vault version, because that really? was the cheapest foil, and that was still $100. Because uh, I want to say the OGs at foil were like 200 or more. And now the wow. from the vault foil is only $55. And to your point, the foil whale, the foil world wake, the original printing is $500. Oh, yeah. There we go. Oh, that's right. What do you think, Spence? Uh, I don't have this card. You have to have one of these lying around. You can't look me in the face and tell me you don't have one of You're these. You're frozen, but I'm going to look at your, your screen. I don't have one in, in my binder. Wow. Times well, are changing, sounds, man. Sounds like the trading post. You might have to go out there. I think I still have two or three. From Double Masters have, or something? Uh, Well, I mean, I went through a little purge and bought a couple, like right when I built oh, my Atraxa right. deck, because I thought they would just be good. Uh, I'll have to figure out where they are, because I don't know where, but uh might have one for trade, maybe. Noise. Noise. Well, Spencer, you're the final one. It's your deck. We want to hear it. What are you cutting, and what are you going to add if you had no budget out there? All right. So I told myself, I told everyone I was going to do it. I'm cutting Jace Brin's Prodigy. Get that other creature. You are doing it. Get, yes. Get that other creature out the deck. We don't need get it. Get out of get out of here. Get it out of here. I would rip it up. 
but I can't. But so wait, would you say that you are? Would you say this is a? Um, hold on. Wait for it. I got no, wait. I know. Oh. I'm just trying to think. So would you say this is a tarantula cut? Yes, hundred percent. Because instead of scorpion saying "get over here," tarantula is saying "get out of here." Get out of here. Because they're kind of different. <laughs> Get out of oh, here. God. So what have I walked into? So okay, I'm cutting that card. He's out, and I'm cutting it for a hammer. It's not not just any hammer, a big hammer. Oh, not a big. The, it's not a big hammer. Oh, colossal. It's colossal. I'm putting in. Oh, you're doing the colossal. I'm putting in colossal hammer. <laughs> One mana. Equipped creature gets plus ten plus ten. Oh man. And loses flying. Equipped for eight. Uh, Do you have any? You have no way to cheese that equipped equipped cocks, right? You're just playing. You're paying the iron price every time. Is that correct? I'm paying the iron price. Um, if the collective knows of a card in mono blue or colorless that I can um, equip it for free, then please let me know. I don't know any. So, uh, wait, hold on, because I think yeah, uh, you should. I thought you were gonna say. Hammer of Nazan was going to be the one because that one is whenever it or another equipment enters the battlefield under control, you can attach that equipment to a creature you control. Uh, there you go. I might have to add that one. That I might have to add that one too. <laughs> oh, and that one's definitely more expensive than Colossus Hammer. That one's almost yeah. twenty dollars. What? Yeah, that's a lot. I think I. Yeah, believe it. I think I might have, believe it. I think I might have a copy of Hammer of Nazan. Nice. So. Oh yeah, you definitely do. If you picked up the cat's uh, precon from a few years back, because it came in there. Yeah, I to be honest, I did not pick up that well, precon. Oh wow! But um, at the time, it was just kind of like I saw it and I was just like, I don't really like this. I'd rather go for Edgar. Mo- no, yeah, Edgar Markov, the vampire one, yeah, the Edgar Markov one. And then it's just kind of like, oh, you know, Teferi's protection. It seems like a really good card, and now it's just kind of sure. like. Oh my god! Yeah. Seems like a really good card. I forgot. I forgot that was in a freaking precon. Ugh, yeah, exactly. Sick. Well, so I like Colossus Hammer. I think it fits your mold perfectly fine. I think the equip eight's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so you know, maybe the Hammer of Nizan would be a cheaper route to go. Um, but you know, we talked about all the tokens you got. I mean, maybe it's just like shit. I got nothing to do i got no card draw because i mean and even in my uh partner non-partner deck spencer uh there was a points in my game where it's like i have nothing to suspend i was telling tuck this like i ha- i don't know what to do you'll hit points at the time at the game when you can't really draw cards fibble tips may be too expensive to cast so you know what? hey i got this two two you know illusion out here let me attach a colossus hammer to it i got nothing else to do with my turn i'll pay eight um, and then, you know, maybe hit someone for 10. I don't know. So it's sure. cute. Um, but yeah, definitely. I like the Voltron strategy with Fibblethip. It's very unique. Yeah. A um, couple of the people at my LGS have called Fibblethip. Um, uh, we all know. A real turn? Uh, no. Uh, the deck, the, when I built the deck is uh, Fibblethip, draw for death. People at my LGS call it surprise, 12 damage. Surprise, surprise, don't damage. Nice. Well, and with that, guys, we're at the end of the episode. And if you enjoyed it, 
feel free to leave some positive feedback wherever you listened or watched us. And, uh, you know, uh, a like, follow, subscribe would definitely go a long way. Um, now, if you'd like to find out more content that CMD Tower puts out and how you can get a hold of the cast, here's how you can do that. You can reach me at Mr. Commodore 5 on Twitter. I'll spell that except for the five. Big Tuck, where could people reach you? Uh, you can reach me at Big Tuck Tweeting on the interwebs. And uh, I did post something, one of the most disgusting things I've ever seen in my life at a crowded concert, at a crowded Salesforce conference. Some guy left the bathroom eating an apple. He had an apple in his hand and he was eating it, clearly started That's eating disgusting. it in the bathroom. It made me like physically ill. You can reach our main account on CMD Tower on Twitter as well. Uh, we will have Spencer's deck posted and uh, the website up at cmdtower.com slash bnbe136. Essentially type in counterspell midnight clock drowned secrets tower.com. Now, traditionally, this is where we have like our guests kind of give their socials and plug, but you know, Spencer did this just being a part of our community. So the way that we would appreciate the community asking Spencer questions about his deck is if you go into our Discord and we actually have opened up the general section to anyone can come in. Uh, so if anyone cool. out there would like to ask Spencer something, you could join into the general and just be able to ask a question or two. But definitely the conversation will be heated in our Bruise and Builds Discord channel, which you can just get in for a dollar. Um, so definitely go that route if you want to ask Spencer some questions about his Fibble Thip Swole deck. Hell yeah. Now, the way that Spencer has had the opportunity to do this and how you could get an opportunity to do this is to go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash cmdtower. Lots of different tiers. If you do our uh, top tier, that's what gets you opportunities to be on Brews and Builds and record with us, actually stream with us on Twitch, a whole other of, uh, you know, merchandise and stuff that we give you guys. But if you just want to be a part of the community, a dollar a month goes a long way. Uh, it helps get the subscriber numbers up. Uh, and it allows you to have a direct line to give us input on what kind of content you want to see. Now, like we talked about earlier, if uh, one of Spencer's LGS friends heard this episode and they're like, hey, Spencer, how do I join the community? And he tells them, as long as they let us know, we're actually going to hook him up since he's an existing patron with some free swag of some kind. So be sure if you guys are out there preaching the good word or infecting it, uh, you let <laughs> us know when people actually join in. Now, we do have a great store with a bunch of fantastic merchandise at cmdtower.com slash merch. We do sell our awesome Bruise and Builds foil playmat on there. Uh, so Sweaters, coins, reminder tokens, you guys kind of name it. We got it on there. Uh, cmdtower.com slash merch. Now, we have started a new partnership. We've talked about it at the beginning and end of every episode, abyssproxyshop.com. Use code CMDTOWER. Guys, the best way, type in custom into the search bar. You can actually see a community gallery of artwork that they have done for people in their playtest cards. Whether it's something Dragon Ball Z themed, I've done Lord of the Ring or uh, Game of Thrones. Ooh, I almost got in trouble there. Uh, did like Japanese old school woodblock art. I mean, they could do anything you want. And with code CMD Tower, you get 10% off your order and it's combinable with any other promos they may have. So Spencer, you're the first patron on Bruise and Builds uh, or Bruise and Patrons, as we would call it. Fibble uh, Fit Drawing the Death. I, I want to get a few things from you. First off, did you have fun? Second, how did you feel the conversation went with the deck? And lastly, what would be a tip or a trick you would give a future patron before they come on Brews and Builds? All right. Number one, did I have fun? Absolutely. It was yeah! great. Uh, it, in my whole entire life, um, since I've been playing, I, it's just kind of like, oh, like I like magic. I like it a lot. 
there's people in my sure. life that like I play with magic, but like the people that I hang hung out with in college is just like, oh, I don't really do that. Fiance doesn't like magic. Parents don't understand sure. it. Sure. Being able to come onto the podcast and do what I love and talk about it, just greatest thing ever. I just Hooray. I'm excited. Uh, it's and awesome, I was man. 100% excited. Um, what was number two again? Number two is how do you feel the conversation went around your deck? Did you get the feedback that you were looking for? Did you get cuts or ads that were kind of tough for you? I mean, you said this is a fairly new deck, so I know it could be challenging when you just literally put it together. Um, I think the conversation went great. Uh, yeah, great. Um, there were some points that I, like when I was building the deck that I didn't think about at the time there were some cuts and ads that i was like oh i didn't think about this card oh this like i understand why he's cutting sure. this card yeah. i understand why he's adding this card and it's just the conversation went great and um i'm just really happy and number three great for the patrons awesome. who are going to come on to the podcast it's probably going to feel overwhelming and you're probably going to feel nervous <laughs> i can tell you just relax take a breather before they start the podcast and just remember all right i'm gonna be okay i'm going to get through this i'm excited i'm happy bring and bring 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 more beer bring b and b just bring on bring some like i brought a beer tech brought a beer just brings like if you had to bring something Bring something to drink that you know that you feel like, okay, I'm having a little nervous. I'm little, like, I need to take a drink of something. You can take a drink of something. So just, you're, you're going to be okay. Yeah, that's great. Tuck, what about you? How, how did you feel the deck went today? And I know we started the episode with, like, I have zero interest in piloting this. It seems like a lot of ah. thinking. Now we're at the end. Do you think there's as much thinking as you thought there was going to be? Um, no, no, I guess not. Uh, I guess it's a lot more narrow and where it's going. Uh, I'm more interested. I think it's a really cool deck. Um, I think it's something that is very different. It's kind of taking all like the different aspects of mono blue, the card draw, the mill, and these sort of things, um, and kind of putting a spin on them, which is always great to see. Uh, I'd give okay. I'll tell you this much: if we ever meet up, I would give this deck a shot. I'd give it. I give it one. I'd see how it goes. It'd be like the second deck of the night, right? Where I got the jitters out. And I'm not drunk, so I know what I'm doing on it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so it, it, I think it's a really cool deck. Um, I think there's a lot of different ways we can continue to go with it, and um, I, I actually really much looking forward to hopefully seeing this on stream. Yeah, I would say for me. This is the perfect deck for people that hate mono blue and what yes. mono blue represents. Because even though we have lots of card draw, yes, there's a rift. Yes, there's a, a nexus of fate. Perhaps a counter spell. Perhaps a counter spell, but no force of will. I don't think I saw, uh, before I say it out loud, let me check. Yeah, no pact of negation. Right. No force of negation. So 
a lot of people, we think mono blue is control. Like, I'm countering your stuff, I'm making it cost more, I'm just preventing you from playing the game until I can get to my combo. This is the beautiful build of mono blue non-control, but still uses and feels like a blue deck. And so, Spencer, for that, I would say you did great. It's like if someone built a mono green deck and it didn't feel like it ramped. Like, you're just doing something that blue just doesn't do, but you right. did it in a way that actually works. So, that's awesome. All right. Uh, I really love the feedback right. from everybody. And um, if you think of us, I'll post um, uh, the deck list when it comes out. Um, I'll uh, next when the deck come uh, podcast come out, I'll post the, the deck list into the bruising builds and the um, general chat if you want to look at it. So, cool. Hell yeah. cool. Well, guys, thanks for tuning in. And remember, if you want to be a patron and you want to come on, just sign up and you could be like Spencer. Bye. Bye. Oh, I shit myself. <laughs>